What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Oh my God! This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm going to turn my back to you right now. And if you want to go on your own, then walk off and leave. If you want to stick together and make this thing work, when I turn around, we're going to shake hands and we're going to go on a rock and roll like the rockers can do. They need each other. You know that. Sounds fair to me. Ladies and gentlemen, the rockers! Told you. Glad to see that. Told you. Tag team specialist. See, one without the other isn't any good. Oh, oh, I knew he was going to do that. What a despicable act that was. Oh, my God. Right through the glass window of the barber shop. Chinetti tried to dive through the window to escape. Sean, ignore him, ignore him. Stay with Chinetti. Forget perfect. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at Pass Pros. Head on over to PassPros.com and check out the wrestling page and find exclusive savings on all two-man power trip of wrestling autograph signings and events only at passpros.com slash wrestling. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz and John. We keep on saying it. We keep on beating it over the head, but we told you 2017 was going to be huge, and the hits just keep on coming as today we welcome a tag team specialist, a former WWF Intercontinental Champion, a former WWF Tag Team Champion, and one of the guys that when we came up with the concept for this show was at the top of my list, and I'm sure at the top of your list as well, but the one and only Marty Jannetty joins the two-man power trip of wrestling today, and again, just cannot express how awesome this is and how excited John and I were to record this interview and then to get the interview out to the masses. It is an awesome interview. Marty Jannetty is just so full of life and just ready to have a good time and rock and roll 
all night long, and I can just sit here all day and talk about how big of a fan I was of Marty Jannetty growing up, first starting off with the Rockers, finding out about what he did before he got to the WWF and learning about the Midnight Rockers and the AWA and learning about his background in the Central States Territory and how he got into the business. It's such a remarkable story, and Marty's just such an interesting guy, and everything he says is just so damn funny, and he's got such an interesting way how he tells his stories and I just find everything that he talks about to be just, it's just so insightful. Because as a fan growing up and, you know, liking Marty Jannetty and liking what he did in the ring, you really got to appreciate the work that he put into his craft and what he did in a professional wrestling environment. Whether it was as part of a tag team or if it was uh, a singles competition or a singles run for Marty Jannetty. And I know a lot of this interview is going to focus on the tag team aspect of Marty Jannetty with a guy that he teamed with for a majority of his time on top. And I don't know if you remember his name, but his name is Shawn Michaels. And he ended up going on to be a legendary figure in professional wrestling. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's Mr. WrestleMania. He's the icon. He's the showstopper. He's all that stuff. But he had to start somewhere, and he started getting on the road with Marty Jannetty, and that is where the beginning of the Heartbreak Kid starts, is on the road with Marty Jannetty in the Central States Territory out in Kansas City, and that itself is worth the price of this download because Marty Jannetty is really going to give you the background on the friendship, on the team with Shawn Michaels, and this interview takes on a life of its own when it comes to that. It gets the background of the Rockers. Really, it's the backup through the breakup, and that's where we'll kind of leave it. And John, I could go on forever talking about Marty Jannetty, but as I get to welcome you in here, like I said, 2017 off to such a roaring hot start. It's just so cool to look back at what we've done so far and to think there's still so much more that we have to kind of get out there here in 2017, but like I said, let's welcome you in here, talk about some of the highlights of the Marty Jannetty interview, and kind of some of the things that we have to look forward to in discussing the great career of MJ in the house right now on the two-man power trip. Yes, Chad, the hits just keep on coming here at the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017. One legend after another, obviously, when you got Greg the Hammer Valentine, a former WWE Hall of Famer. You got Tony Atlas, a WWE Hall of Famer. Then you had Nikolai Volkov, who was a WWE Hall of Famer. Boris Zukov, a former WWE legend. And then now Marty Jannetty, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling. The rocker himself, one of the greatest in my mind, very underrated. I know one of the greatest in your mind as well. So underrated. So almost underappreciated because of Shawn Michaels, and I'll get into that in a second. But the rocker himself, Marty Jannetty, what a thrill it was to get him on the show. What an honor it was to get him on the show. It's a long time coming. He was one of those guys on the old bucket list, Chad. You know, you put a couple of names on there, a guy that would might just be a great interview, a guy that might have been a legend in the business, so on and so forth. He's one of those guys you kind of check off each little checklist. Legend, check. Great worker, check. Legendary career, check interesting stories check hell of a guy check you know maybe crazy might be a fun that kind of thing he checks all the um the check marks on my little or check boxes on my little list he's so intriguing and he's so interesting because he had a lot of those ups and downs yes the the downs are highly documented you see him oh he made his return and you know years ago but around 2005 and he feuded with Kurt Angle for a little bit and then he was gone he came back this time and he was gone so those things always intrigue me and they I'm sure they intrigue a ton of the wrestling audience out there and a ton of the fans they want to know you know what happened with Marty they want to know where he was then and what happened to him here and there but a lot of the focus should be in, in you know, rightfully so, should be on the positives of his career and the good things that he did not a lot of guys had the career that he did not a lot of guys can say they did the things that he did. Obviously, being a former WWF 
tag team champion and a former intercontinental champion. Had some legendary feuds and some legendary matches. And he was part of that WWE 80s and 90s golden era, that allure that so many fans look back at so fondly. And it was such a great era in the business. And obviously the start of that was the Rockers, the tag team specialist, obviously with his tag team partner, Shawn Michaels. And one of the big things that we focus on in the interview was the barber shop window about 25 years ago this year we're coming up on it when Shawn Michaels super kicks Marty Jannetty and throws him through the barbershop window on Brutus the Barber Beefcake's talk show and it's so remembered and it's so great and it was so iconic that 25 years later we're still talking about it today and Marty has a great line about John Cena about 25 years from now I don't think you're going to be remembering him like you remembered the barbershop 25 years ago and it's one of those moments especially for me especially for you Chad it's, it's basically our wheelhouse of fandom in 1992 era and, and you know the early 90s and Sean and Marty started that feud and they obviously were the Rockers and awesome tag team but that feud just kicked it uh, his career and kicked Shawn Michaels off to another stratosphere and obviously we're still talking about the barbershop window. So many people are still talking about hell you got websites and t-shirt stores dedicated to the barbershop window. So it's not gonna be forgotten and it definitely isn't forgotten by the two-man power trip. And Marty Gennetti has some awesome, awesome things to say about that barbershop window and about Shawn Michaels. I said to Marty in the interview that it's unbelievable that it's twenty-five years since the barbershop window incident and the night he flew through the barbershop window courtesy of Shawn Michaels, but it really is one of the most iconic and one of the most infamous moments that the WWF or WWE has ever presented on television. And really it resonates to this day with fans that when a tag team breaks up, you really kind of you, you measure it based off of how the rockers broke up a team that was together for so long on your television perennial baby faces everybody loved them to them being uh, broken up in such a brutal fashion it really is unbelievable that we still kind of use it as the measuring stick for when a tag team breaks up but the two of them Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty like I said a lot of this interview is going to focus on Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty both as a duo both as singles and kind of how their friendship and their team came to be in, in a lot of the uh, the pitfalls, but also a lot of the success is discussed as well. And Marty, it's he doesn't hold back. He never has, nor will he ever And when it comes to Shawn Michaels or when it comes to any other topic because they did have their differences at times, and including even on the barbershop where he says that the super kick that HBK gave him was a little snug. And, you know, whether that's something that he continued to do to his opponents then, Marty said he heard about it from other people, but... He still says that that barbershop window was one thing, but going through uh, that super kick underneath his chin was uh, just as bad almost as going through that glass. But what would come out of the barbershop window really was the singles career of Marty Jannetty, and he really is such a, an underrated worker when you think about his body of work, when you think about the matches he was able to put in, always an entertaining match on the card, always really making it look good and just making his opponent shine ever so bright. And, John, obviously, when you're in a tag team, you have a certain job that you have to pull off, and Marty always managed to do that, whether it was teaming with Shawn Michaels or many of the other teammates that he had throughout his time in the business. But, again, Marty Jannetty, a great worker, a great technician, a great personality, and he really is a guy who does get lost in the shuffle because of other things that have gone on outside of the business. But Marty Jannetty, if there's ever going to be somebody, a list, an official record of somebody who deserves to be either in a Hall of Fame like the WWE or to be recognized by professional wrestling in a different light. I think Marty Jannetty is at least going to highlight my list, but he definitely needs some kind of recognition because he really is one of the best workers to ever step through the ropes in a professional wrestling ring. Yeah, Chad, you know, in this interview, we do focus a lot on Shawn Michaels. And I feel like when you're talking about Marty, you almost have to talk about Shawn in a way because they met, you know, in the central states. 
Then they were in the AWA together as the Midnight Rockers. Then in the WWF as the Rockers. Then they had their feud. And then Marty came back to the WWF and they were kind of together again. So they're always kind of paired together, you know, for good or for bad. You always kind of think of Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Obviously, with HBK, he became a big megastar, one of the greatest of all time. And then you kind of leave Marty... Or as people say, they left Marty in the dust. But when you really think about it, Marty's career is, is pretty remarkable. Whether, you know, as he says, whether he's springboarding somebody here or springboarding somebody there, that feud with him, with Shawn Michaels, kind of set Michaels off. Then you got him teaming with 123 Kid, kind of set 123 Kid off into a, you know, a higher part of the card. Then you had the Bob Hollies of the world and so on and so forth. That anytime you kind of work with Marty, you kind of end up moving up in, in, in the card and you kind of end up becoming better for it because Marty is one of those underrated, awesome workers, one of the greatest hands you're ever going to find in the history of the business. And if you, you know, you question me, just go back and watch Marty. Obviously, Sean and him are great high flyers great workers but really watch marty great technical skill really really had everything that you needed to be a great professional wrestler and marty i just feel like was underrated a bit because of you know because of Shawn michaels now think about it think about that feud though awesome match at royal rumble 93 awesome match on monday night Raw. many other great matches that they had what an epic feud and one of those things you're just always going to remember because a lot of the times when it's a quote-unquote mid-card feud or it's for the IC title, it's not for the world title, it's not going to be looked at as prominently or you're not going to be thinking like, like oh, this is not going to be as good. It's not a you know a big part of the card. Watch when Marty and Sean are at it. They're it to the fans. And they're like the main focus of the show, if you will, to, to a lot of the fans. Because go back and watch Rumble 93. Yes, Brett versus Razor, great match, and it's for the world title. Yes, you had the Royal Rumble. But the best batch on that card and the most overmatch on that card and the heat that was there was HBK against Gennetti. And they were just an awesome few, just awesome chemistry. And we go into really, really in-depth about what we thought of their chemistry and what Marty thought about their chemistry and how they worked not only so well as a tag team, but how they worked so well against each other. And it was an awesome feud. Yeah, you can almost say that they could have used the good friends, better enemies tagline that they used in 1996 for Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash for the original Rockers breakup and the original Rockers uh, match at Royal Rumble 1993 that you referenced that is a great match and, and definitely is the highlight of the 1993 Royal Rumble. But Marty said in past interviews that that wasn't even their best match that they ever had that they basically, in the lead-up to that match, had amazing matches on the house shows that if you were there live, you were fortunate to see that. You got to see one hell of a contest because they were literally leaving it all out there to see how good they could make their Royal Rumble match, and it's definitely one of the best of those early Royal Rumbles in terms of the non-Rumble match itself. Probably, actually, if you think about it, the Rockers versus the Orient Express from the 1991 Royal Rumble ends up getting in the conversation as one of the best pay-per-view matches of the early 90s as well. So obviously the two of them together just always had such great chemistry. But it's also something that kind of eh, does hurt a little bit of the, quote, legacy of Marty Jannetty. And this is where the interview takes a very interesting turn. And that is, what is being the Marty Jannetty of a tag team all about and who better to ask that question to than the man himself, Marty Jannetty? Yes, Chad. The one awesome thing that I really, really liked about this interview, and it was a really interesting focus, was a part near the end of the interview where you kind of saying, like, the Marty Jannetty of the team. And what does Marty think about that? Because there's always this negative connotation. There's always kind of a kind of a negative thing or like a rip if you will that people are trying to use against somebody saying oh you're the marty Gennetti of the team you're the failure of the team so we get an awesome awesome answer out of marty Gennetti, and i never really liked that connotation and i, I never really liked when people would say the marty Gennetti of the team you know insinuating that marty somehow 
was a failure, but when you really look at it, should probably be a WWE Hall of Famer, Intercontinental Champion, Tag Champion, springboarding all these guys' careers, including Shawn Michaels. So I always thought that was a very negative thing to say, and I never really appreciated it. Obviously, Michaels did become a huge, huge megastar, but you don't take a dig at Marty Jenny like that, and I loved Marty's answer. That's one of my favorite parts of the interview. Something that really, really stuck out to me, and I think it's going to really resonate with the fans. It's going to really stick out to a lot of the media that's going to end up covering this interview as well, is that when you say you're the Marty Jenny of the tag team, you're going to get some wrath from Marty himself, and he had a great comment about why, you know, being the Marty Jenny of the tag team maybe isn't so bad. Yeah, absolutely. That negative connotation of being the, quote, Marty Jannetty of the team has to go because if you know anything about the tenure of the Rockers and you learn anything from this interview, you'll know that it's not just the in-the-ring action that makes you the Marty Jannetty of the team. It's helping with the psychology. It's helping with the match structure. And it's a lot of work that gets put into being a good team. And these two guys, they gelled so well together that the Marty Jannetty of the team means that you are not uh, the jabroni or you're not the forgotten one. It means that you are the guy that helped the guy get to where he was going to be. And I think it's some great examples that Marty used. And this was absolutely a highlight of mine to say the least when it comes to our interviews, because I've been such a big fan of Marty Jannetty for so many years and uh, it's so great to get to talk to him. I hope you guys kind of feel that conveyed through your uh, your earplugs or your speakers or wherever you're listening to this. Enjoy Marty Jannetty. He is a trip, to say the least. It's a lot of fun, and hopefully in the future we'll have Marty back when we've got a little bit more time and we can talk about some other things than just besides the barbershop and Shawn Michaels and the same things that you know I think a lot of people have heard, but still getting that fresh perspective from him, it's really cool. And it's Marty Jannetty, baby. He's with the two-man power trip, and it's ready to rock and roll and strut and stroll, slam and jam. And John, as the music starts to creep in, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to Marty Jannetty. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ray Mysterio Jr., Jerry McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, it is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com is your superstore. If you are a super fan, and you can please check out our page while you're there. You can check out Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Buff Bagwell, and so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. April 22nd, we hit Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Icons Collectors Fest. Then, May 19th and May 20th, we hit the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo in Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit the Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017, because you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a former WWF Tag Team Champion, a former WWF Intercontinental Champion, he is rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, he is the rocker himself, Marty Jannetty. Please enjoy.
yeah, awesome to uh, have you. And we're just, uh, like I said, we're live to tape. And, uh, you know, you're ready to roll. So are we, or I should say, are you ready to rock? So are we. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, hey, funny, though, that, that the saying, we're taping live. <laughs> taping. <laughs> yeah, live but to it's tape. True. It's true, right? I mean, it is. It's, it's being taped live. It might be be shown later, but it's being taped live. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who uh, the, whoever the first person was to uh, say live to tape. Obviously, uh, they were uh, they were either trying to cover something up really uh, really smartly, or uh, they just couldn't think of anything better to say. But yeah, let's uh, let's get ready to I'm rock. A, like I said, if we were uh, if we're all set, yeah. we're rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling. And I'm sure, I'm sure that was Vince that came up with that live taping, <laughs> or somebody oh. there in WWE. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But let me get this right, started the right way. And joining us on the line today is quite possibly one of my favorite performers, wrestlers, whatever you want to call him of all time. He's a former Intercontinental. He's a former Tag Team Champion. He is the one and only, the rocker himself, Marty Jannetty. Thank you so much yes, for joining sir. the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all having me. Rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, slamming and jamming, moving and grooving too, <laughs> all over the USA and parts of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome, yeah, Marty. Definitely all the way back to uh, you know the days that we always love to talk about, back to the heyday, as we say. You know, I was always a huge. Marty Gennetti fan, and my co-host can vouch for that still to this day. And with with the first question I got to ask you is, how you doing these okay. days? What's going on? And uh, good to see you getting back out there, seeing that you're uh, you got a lot of big things coming up. Yeah, I, you know, I'm staying pretty busy again. Uh, you know, as it was back in the day. I mean, we we back in the day we was on the road 300 days a year. We didn't have time to think about anything else, but. Uh, you know, but that was in, back in the thicker days. I don't think they do that now there. But, uh, you know, and then I slowed down as I got a little older. And I, I don't know if that's normal or not. I wish it wasn't. <laughs> but um, but this year I'm loading it up again. Since Donald Trump's president and he don't want to slow down, and, uh, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. Buddy of mine, so I'm going to try to keep up with him with what, with what I do. <laughs> you know, and, uh now, one big thing that that I'm doing now is transitioning over to the, to the movies. You're acting, different kind of acting, <laughs> acting without so much pain. You know, uh, doing doing movies and and documentaries, short films, you know, reality shows, and um, it's it's a little different. I mean, it's 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 a lot of the same, but the, some of the differences I'll have to adjust to. Um, for one thing, you're you're. Um, your cast, the people you hang around, it's a lot different. I don't know how much freedom I, I got to talk on your show. Like, I, I, <laughs> no, I mean I wouldn't get ugly, ugly, but I mean, just uh, the difference, like hanging out with, with you know the wrestlers and hanging out with the cast members from movies. I mean, it's it's like whereas the boys get together and and it's a six pack and a bow job they're out for tonight, you know, looking for. <laughs> Whereas you know the movie cast like to go to a pizza place or not? It wasn't a pizza place. It was a uh, like a uh, arcade place. Pretty nice one there in Vegas. The biggest ones I've ever seen. But you know, pizza, maybe a couple beers and and, uh, karaoke. And uh, (laughs) it was a big ass difference for me to get used to that. (laughs) I mean, it was a good time. I mean, I enjoyed it. And I could see that, you know, I could do that for the rest of my life to a 99 and a half. But the blow, six-pack and blowjobs and tearing places down with the boys, I don't know how long that was going to last. <laughs> oh, my God, but, without a doubt. And one of the things I love yeah. to bring up is we always say, like, when we have guys from the 80s and the guys, you know, obviously it's a different lifestyle than it is today, even from the wrestling perspective. But if there was social media Back in the heyday, back in the 80s, I think that a lot of careers would have gone a lot of different ways. I, I think a lot of careers would have been real short. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it only takes like a couple of the guys doing like Donald Trump and tweeting about what they did and what they're going to do. <laughs> That'd be it. <laughs> Mainly what happened the night before, <laughs> be out on social media. Now it'd be streamed live. <laughs> Facebook is streaming live, and you see it happening, and, and they're going to have you arrested before you can finish doing it. <laughs> but, oh, my yeah, God, yeah. Be a, I mean, but, you know, it'd be positive to it, too. It'd be a lot of fun, you know, because you kind of – I mean, I sort of try to do that now 
with my Facebook. Um, you know, I kind of bring my fans with me on the road when I go. And, um, you know, of course, there are some things I won't I won't, uh, <laughs> I won't get in and tell them. But for the most part, it's almost as if they're on the road with me. Um, you know, and I, I think everybody likes that, enjoys that. It gives, gives them a, a different feel for what they only just see on the TV, you know, in the wrestling ring. Um, again, with the movie industry, I, I don't know how much they like me so far. <laughs> I seem to be doing pretty good. A few of the directors have put out, put out good words for me, and you know, I don't want to mess that up, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I, mean, I don't know how much, you know, liberties, how much freedom I have with, you know, doing what I've done in the past with Facebook. But, um, you know, it's just, like I said, it's going to be a big adjustment. I'm, I'm loving it so far. I mean, it's, you know, I, 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 but I did not get up there and sing karaoke. Or I might have got up here and sang, never say goodbye. <laughs> that Bon Jovi song, which at this point, that's what I'm calling my, I don't want to say it's my last tour, but it kind of is. Um, I mean, because I'm, I'm really more more so want to, you know, go all the way in on the movies. I mean, something, anything I get into, I, I really want to do good at it. And it's hard to, to spread yourself thin over so many things and really do good at any one of them. Uh, or uh, as they say, you know, you can be a jack of all trades or a master of one. And I kind of like the master part, you know. Um, you know so, so the rest of plus, in all honesty, that shit hurts now. <laughs> the rest of starting to hurt. After 34 years, damn. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this, this, this last... In the ring, it's probably the last time around. I'll still do like signings and stuff, you know, with wrestling at conventions or stuff like that. But um, you know, so the never say goodbye tour is almost a sort of a goodbye tour, you know. And I've got 52 cities listed up right now that I'm hitting, and uh, with uh, I just yesterday signed on with uh, Steve McQueen's Pro Player Sports Marketing. And they're going to have me doing a whole bunch of community events, public signings, sports promotions. And, um, you know, that's that's going to take a lot of days. And it's a really good contract with them, a really good, you know, thing with them. And um, I kind of, as I said, that, that'll keep me out of the ring. Between that and the movies, I'll, I'll be, you know, happy as can be. I mean, I'm always going to love wrestling. It's my first love. And, you know, you never forget your first love. Unless you was a hooker, and then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, man, that's that's where it's at right now with me. That's what that's where I'm going with it. Um, and and two, I mean, if people like on your show want to follow me, you know, I'm um, on Facebook. I think it's Facebook slash One Marty Janetti. Uh, Twitter's at One Marty Janetti. And LinkedIn, I I forgot what the hell I'm on there. <laughs> I think it's just Marty Janetti. Uh, but anyway, and I'm and I'm barely ever on that one. I can't figure out how to navigate on it. But uh, yeah, and then I'm, I'm working on a book deal right now. That I, I think the book's going to be one of the best ones I've got read. I haven't read all the wrestling books, but I've read most of them. And there's a couple of them fairly entertaining, and a couple of them are fairly truthful. But um, you know, I'm more, I'm just going to be careful right now with what I say. You're just going to have to get the book, and it's going to be one of the best out there. It's not exactly a tell-all. I mean, I, I don't want to get any of my friends in trouble, you know, any of my boys. So I'm going to kind of just, when, when the situation arises, that you know, their their family might not want to know this is what they did in their past. <laughs> I'll just give the names. I may still tell the story, but not give the name. I might say, well, they, you know, they were a million-dollar man, but I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even go that far with it. <laughs> The hardest part is going to be with my wrestling partners because most everybody knows who my wrestling partner was or the main one. I had several. But so, I mean, they'll just, you know, I'll just have to say sometimes my wrestling partner, <laughs> there's only like three or four that I was real, you know, oh, uh, yeah. known with. You know, it was the two Shaws, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Waltman, as we know, as uh, X-Pac now. You know, the one, two, three kid when he was with me. Uh, there was Bob Holly, which, you know, became hardcore Holly. And uh, 
It was oh Al Snow as the new rockers. Yeah, oh, I'm trying that? to forget that new rocker shit. <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah, we're definitely. I love Al Snow to death, but that new rocker shit, damn it. <laughs> oh, we will definitely hit that, but I want to touch on at least one of those Sean's, and I think you know which one I'm going to hit, and it's got to be oh, uh, the one that I'm you're. Almost, yeah. <laughs> the one that you uh, that you spent the most time with, but and this is the funny thing, and this is also you talk about your little Facebook community, which is very loyal and uh, very diehard. Twenty five years since the barbershop window, and I can't even believe it's been twenty five years myself. But twenty five years since the barbershop window, take us back as you're flying through that window. What was going through your head? A lot of glass, and then, <laughs> but uh, I, to, to as I've told before, I mean, uh, in all honesty, Sean, and I'm pretty sure it was a little bit of it on purpose. I mean, because we we had a little animosity going on at the time, but that super kick was in there. He did lay it in on everybody. I used to hear about it from all of my you know boys. You know, damn, well your partner can't hold back on that kick, can he? I'm like, why do you say that? And now look at the damn bruise under her chin. <laughs> but um, boy, he laid me, he laid it in on me, and he caught me right up under the chin. I'm, you, you ever see it again? You watch, you'll see me raise right up on my toes before I went down. So I was pretty groggy the time I went through the window. Uh, I, I, I mean, the the part I remember the most was hanging over the, uh, you know, the, the little uh, framework. And thinking, oh damn, we did it! <laughs> All right, how'd I get here? And, and pulling back out of it, and, and sitting there trying to get my senses together. Um, you know, Brutus Beefcake, Bruce the Barber Beefcake, uh, came over and checked on me, and was trying to run Sean off because we didn't know if Sean would keep going or what with it. And uh, yeah, Brutus and I become real—we were good friends anyway. But you know, after that, we we bonded pretty well. He's got a book coming out pretty soon too. Uh, yeah, that'll be a good one. He's explaining to me it's a tell-all, and um, you know I'm like, uh, you can tell all you want on me. I'm single, and I don't care. <laughs> I got such a bad <laughs> reputation with the party, and now you can't hurt me. <laughs> you can tell all. <laughs> you can even make shit up if you want. What you did a little bit on one shooter interview I saw, but you know he's uh the other guys. I said just be careful. Some of them other guys. One of them, you know, like. Uh, uh, and I'm sorry I'm veering from what we were talking about, but I'll get back to it. <laughs> ADHD kicks in. But, um, you know, I, I talked to Scott Steiner, who's a real good friend of mine, uh, as a, that part of the book. I said, hey, Scott, you remember that, that thing that happened in Orlando? And he just started laughing. He knew what I was talking about. I said, you think it would be all right to put that in the book? Because that is hilarious, and but it's something that nobody would believe. <laughs> People do that kind of shit. He's like, um, well, Marty, he goes, if it was anybody else but you, I would say, no, we we got to be careful these days because the women that we're with, they won't understand. <laughs> and that's all he needed to say. I'm like, I'm, I'm not even going to put it there. Never mind. <laughs> but he, he laughed and he goes, yeah, we did some crazy shit. Well, now, in Beefcake's case, if he just goes in, because he's, he's saying it's a tell-all. <clears throat> if he goes in and says some shit, you know, like Scott Steiner did this and that with this and that one, Scott's not the guy you want this off <laughs> with something like that. And as mad as Scott can get, and I'll tell you a Scott Steiner story in a little bit if you want, if we have time or whatever. Um, but Scott, Scott's done a lot of damage over less things. You put some shit about him in a book, <laughs> Don't want to pay your health and life insurance up. <laughs> They'll go crazy. <laughs> but back to the barbershop. Uh, yeah, the the big thing, and I, I got a lot of it in my book, and I don't want to tell too much of it, but shit, I think I've told this in shoot interviews, not meaning to, but did anyway. <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing about the window was uh, the glass itself. I mean, you know, Back then, even as as they do now, you know it's, it was show. So they um, in front of a live crowd, <laughs> they will be taped. In front of a, but the crowd is live <laughs> right there, <laughs> and we're doing the, the barbershop thing. They had um, throw me in, you know, I wonder with the window thing. I got cut a little bit. No, no big deal. Just a little bit in the head, and then a little bit where I was laying on the framing, you know, around my stomach. There was some cuts in there. And, um, you know, I thought, okay, good. And, and once we were done and went to the back, uh, the um, production guy, come, one of the production guys comes running up to me. 
And he goes, you're okay, you're okay. I said, yeah, a little, you know, the hardest part of that was Sean Superkick. <laughs> and he was like, oh, God, I'm so glad. I'm like, why are you so glad? I mean, we could have done a take two if you had another window. <laughs> and he says, well, that's the thing. We had three windows. And, and so what would have happened if we screwed up, if it didn't go too well? Vince was like, get back out there, do it again. In front of the same live crowd, and that shit is embarrassing, <laughs> you know. But granted, you, you're doing it for TV. Um, at that point, you know, again, obviously taped live, <laughs> but we'll show later. Um, they they would have they had matches go out, the horrible matches with the horrible finishes. They'd send those guys back out and do that same damn match, just get the, the finish right this time. You know, you know, after a few minutes into the match, <clears throat> the second time, the crowd's like. That that crowd there is like, well, what the hell? We just saw this match. They're doing the same thing. What the hell? You know, but, it, you know, so, and then a barbershop window type thing, having to do it a second time with, with basically the same stuff. <clears throat> it's one thing to do it in a movie studio, <laughs> but it's another thing to do it in front of 15,000 live people. <laughs> you know, they're like, the hell's going on? What are, they, what are they doing? You know, but that's how it works. That's how they do it. And, uh, the guy had said, um, you know, the pro, uh, uh, production dude, he said, well, we had three windows. He goes, two of them were sugar glass, and then the other one was the regular one for all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I know, we, I, I know you had sugar glass. You know, I, I didn't think that was a real window. He goes, well, that's the thing. That one was real. And I was like, what? He goes, they didn't mark the glasses. There was three glasses, and we didn't know which one was the sugar glass and which was real. And, you know, I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was shaking. He was so scared because he was like, please don't say anything. I said, hey, no no harm, no foul. Uh, um, but I said, but damn, that, you know, couldn't he have told me that? And they, he was actually, he was like stuttering on it. I knew he was just scared to death. He thought he was going to lose his job. But um, it, it, luckily it worked out. But now when I watch the barbershop, knowing that, it, like I say, if you watch it again, uh, you'll see there there was a piece that was like coming down to a V-shape. It was kind of sh- sh- shaking, and I was still laying through the, the framework. If that piece would have fell down, it probably would have severed most of my neck. You know, the, the off, I guess, is severed off. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it all worked out. But that, that's that's the barbershop window deal. And uh, like you said, 25 years later, it's still talked about. Yeah, one of the most what memorable it? angles and feuds of all time. What? It's funny because you and Sean, you know, you had the issues, whether it be in front of the camera or behind the camera. You know, what a great feud you guys had. Think about Royal Rumble 93 was a tremendous match. Uh, on Raw, it was awesome when you came back. You won the IC title. You lose the IC title. You know, just chemistry between you guys. Because sometimes you were getting along and sometimes not. But no matter what, you were able to have great matches. Yeah, the, you know, when you're in the ring, it's all business. If if you're business, if you're you know, if you have a passion and love for this the industry, um, you know all the shit that happens behind the uh, stage stays there. It doesn't go into the ring. Now some guys aren't that way, um, but for the most part, most of them are. And I'll give you an example. Of uh, remember Dynamite Kid of the uh, British Bulldogs, and the Rougeau brothers, Jacques Rougeau. Or as I used to like to say and piss him off, yeah, Rougeau. <laughs> he, he couldn't stand it. He's like, don't say it like that. Sounds like you're hocking up a, a loogie to say my name. And I was like, I, I won't say it no more. <laughs> but it, him him and uh, Dynamite Kid uh, were having some tension between each other. And I guess in one of the towns, I think the Miami Arena, uh, his dressing room, Dynamite went in. Dynamite was one of the toughest dudes around. Some of the smaller ones, but toughest. And um, he went up to Jacques Rougeau, who was playing cards uh, in his dressing room with whoever it was. I don't know. But he started like belittling him and, and trying to embarrass him in front of everybody in his dressing room, trying to get Jacques to, to get up and, and do something. Jacques never would. And I, I think he slapped him across his face to get him to get up and try to fight him. And, and Jacques wouldn't do nothing. And uh, I guess the next TV taping, Jacques had a, had a little bit of time to think about it and, and uh, you know, probably heard all the the boys talking about it and, and thinking how he got punked out in the, in the dressing room. And he caught uh, <clears throat> Davy Boy coming out of the 
catering area with two cups of coffee, you know, one in each hand. And he went up, and they say he had a roll of dimes in his fist, but he went up and drilled, drilled him right in the face while he was holding two cups of coffee. And Raymond Rougeau, his brother, was sitting there, who was a, a very good boxer, shouting out in French, you know, what to do. Hit him this way, hit him that way, hit him. And Jacques hit him a you know, handful more times. And, and Pat Patterson, I think, was the first one there. And, you know, he, he was part of that French connection. He spoke French, and he was hollering for Jacques to stop. And the guy, you know, pulled apart. And, um, you know, so from there, you know, and, they, and he knocked two of uh, Dynamite's front teeth out. And, uh, you know, so we're all like, oh, boy, this is, you know, Dynamite's going to kill him now, <laughs> for sure. Dynamite's going to kill him now. And uh, I remember Mr. Mister Perfect, you know, he always, Kurt Henning, he was always cutting up, and he was going around. We had the Survivor Series, I think it was, that was next. And um, Kurt was, you know, it was me, me and uh, it was Rockers and Davey Boy and, and Dynamite, and I think we had, I can't remember if it was just four guys or five. Do you remember? Is it five guys in, in Survivor Series when they do that, uh, that you know, versing each other? Yeah, well, I think it was five on five. Like five teams versus five teams. Yeah, I think it was too. We, it was Dynamite Kid or the British Bulldogs and Rockers. And I think maybe Ultimate Warrior, but I'm not sure. I, I don't remember who it was. Maybe Tito Santana. I'm not sure. But the Rougeos were part of the team we were against. So now the build-up was like, uh-oh, hey, this is a pay-per-view, a Survivor Series. This is going to be interesting if Dynamite gets in there with shot because that, you know, that had just happened. And uh, you know, I had to say about Kurt, Kurt's going around, he's saying, it's going to be great tonight, it's going to be great tonight. Dynamite Kid, I remember Dynamite's missing his front teeth. He goes, I just heard Dynamite Kid say, tonight's going to be serious. He's saying it like he was talking through, through his uh, opening in his teeth. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and we got to the uh, to the ring, you know, we're in the, in the ring, and and Dynamite's right next to me on one side, Davy Boy's on the other side, and uh, you know the match is probably five minutes in when Jacques Rougeau gets tagged in, and Dynamite was whoever was crawling over to tag Dynamite. And I looked at Davey and said, oh, shit, here it goes. we we got to get ready to pull this apart. And Davey was like, don't fucking worry. This is business now. They'll take care of that in the back. And that Dynamite did get in. Him and Jock worked just perfect together. So, I mean, that's that's the, what I say with the things that go in the back. The guys that are really care about the business, you know, the ones that you generate are the ones that are really good. They don't let the stuff in the back affect what they do in the ring. Some do, though. But I mean, for the most part, you know, they they keep the anger issues in the back in the back. And that, you know, I was like I said, an example of me seeing that. And, yeah. Uh, Charlotte and I were, were we were never that you know it got play, played up a lot more than what it was. And um, yeah, because we we were really never even when when we had issues with each other, it wasn't so bad that we'd ever want to. There was one time we actually did get in a fight, but I think. That was something that Roddy Piper stirred up, and uh, you know, I'll leave that at that for now. It'll be explained in the book also. But the um, there was nothing that, and even then, you know, I mean, uh, we we shook hands like a couple of days later, and you know, tried to blow it off. I don't think Sean ever let it go because um, I think he was fairly embarrassed by by it, you know, with what happened. He had to miss a few days of work, um, and and I think in the back of his you know mind at all times he was still embarrassed and, and kind of you know not, not a vendetta to ever get even with me, but just a little bit of disdain for me for that happening. Because there were you know just like the super kick, you know that would I, I mean I had not taken any of his super kicks, so you know I'm not, but I'd seen you know how he did. I know he laid him in on some guys, not on purpose. He just wanted to make sure it looked good. Which which my buddy Rod Van Dam does a lot of shit like that where he wants to, he's gonna make sure it looks good, but sometimes he hurts you know, he was hurting guys. And um, you know, hell it's easy to make something look good if you're gonna not worry about hurting the person. We're working with each other, that's your brother that you're you're working with, you know, in the ring and you gotta see him twenty more times in the next month, you know, for wrestling with him. So 
You know, you want to take care of each other. You want to please the crowd. You don't want 20,000 people sitting there going, ah, bullshit. You know, because they'll, they'll right. bullshit in the ring at you. I mean, you, you disappoint them enough or you, they see some something that looks, looks so damn fake, they'll get upset. And besides the booing and boring shit, they'll throw shit in the ring. And, you know, even a penny getting thrown from the top balcony causes a lot of damage if it hits you. And, uh, hmm. I remember seeing a screwdriver. Nikolai Volkov was in the ring one time, and he he missed a kick by about a foot, <laughs> and, and and the dude sold it anyway. And and like the people were like, "Oh, come boo boo!" And a damn screwdriver went whizzing by. <laughs> I mean, how somebody? Why somebody had a screwdriver with him at the wrestling show? I don't know <laughs> if they found it there or brought it with them, or you know, their car dude had a hot spot jumper car or what, but yeah, man, screws are whizzing right by his head. That was way early in my career. I remember thinking to myself, don't ever miss a punch or kick. <laughs> Cause if that would have hit him, wow, what it could have done, you know? <coughs> but, uh, yeah, there was, there was, with Sean and I was, it was never that much to where we couldn't get in the ring and, and, and do our thing. And then yep. we, um, we're, Go ahead, go ahead. Because oh, I'm running my mouth a lot. Sean. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. You, with, with you and Sean, the, the chemistry was there, you know, whether you're a tag team or whether you're feuding. It was just like you guys were almost like, uh, you know, kind of men for each other. Tag team specialists with the Rockers had all those awesome matches with the Heart Foundation, Demolition, Brain Busters, you know, all that stuff. But then when you're feuding, you guys had great matches. Almost like you guys meshed together perfectly. Well, the first time ever we tagged together was uh, way back when, when I was doing singles wrestling, and he was too. Uh, it was in Kansas City. It was called the uh, it was the NWA territory called Central States. And um, I'd been there for uh, a while. I say a while, like six months, eight months. That's where I actually started my 34-year career, <laughs> right there in Kansas City. And um, Sean had come up from Texas. And he he only had, we have about the same amount of time in the business. He he had been six months started down in Texas, and um, when they brought him into Kansas City, they 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 had big high uh, hopes for him. They thought that he was like the the next god in, in of wrestling, and, and who knew? Right? Twenty years later, he is, he is on top of the world. But um, but they they actually even came to me and asked me because I was doing the best in that territory at the time. Uh, me and one of my best friends, Dave Peterson, DJ Peterson, he wrestled ass, who is now, you know, resting in peace. Um, we were hanging out together, and we were kind of the ones that, that everybody would like and cut up with and partied with, and the boys had a good time with. So they had asked, um, coming to me and Dave, and asked would we, you know, have take care of Sean while he was in the territory. And we were sitting there, and they were just talking about him. And we were looking at each other after a gone. I was like, damn, who's this guy? I mean, they ain't never made a fuss like this over any of the guys that come in. And, uh, but, yeah, and I'm sorry. I'm rambling. Let me, let me get right to to your point there. Because so I was about to tell another damn story. Um, now, let me go ahead and finish this. So, anyway, we're, we're, we're eager to meet this guy, right? And um, we get to wherever it was, uh, Topeka, Kansas or something. And that's where we were supposed to pick him up from and, and you know, hang out, you know, show him around. Uh, we're in the dressing room, and we're we're asking around, hey, has anybody seen Shawn Michaels? We, we, you know, we need to meet him and say hello. Um, and everybody's like, no, no. And we went up to this one guy who who was like, now we, and we were already doing the rocking stuff, you know, long hair and earrings and, you know, dressed with with rockerish looking clothes, you know, wild and stuff. And and uh, we went up to this, this guy that was just about as nerdy as you can look at short, short brown hair, and he, uh, sitting over a corner to himself and quiet, and, and because there was, there was always guys in, in each uh, city you go to, there'd be a handful of local guys, and uh, we figured that was one of them, so we went up to him, and, and he had these high, old, beat-up cowboy boots with his pants tucked in them, and his his blue jeans pulled up underneath his, his, his chest, <laughs> a big old Texas belt buckle. <laughs> it looked like a license plate. And uh, he, he's, you know, we walked up to him and said, Hey, have you, you know, if you've seen uh, Shawn Michaels, you know Shawn Michaels? He goes, I'm Shawn Michaels. <laughs> 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 and, 
And uh, Dave and I looked at each other, trying not to bust out laughing, because we were looking for this huge, and he's, you know, not not so much his size. We were just looking for this monster, big ass, badass, you know, tough ass, rough looking guy, you know, because they were bragging on him and take care of him and all that. And it was just opposite. We didn't expect that. <laughs> we we really didn't expect that. But so anyway, that was the meeting with Sean. Then I, I guess a couple weeks later. Um, and he had to work with Scott Hall that night. And Scott, back then, I love you, Scott, but he was horrible. <laughs> and uh, and a monster. He was. He's like, yeah, well, you see how big he's six six. Back then, he was jacked to the gills. He he was like, and ripped, probably two hundred and eighty five pounds. Uh, strong man. He he used to pick me up with one arm for a slam and just toss me across the ring. But he didn't know when or why. <laughs> He had to tell him every move to make, but so we were thinking, oh God, this is Sean's first match in here is going to be with Scott. He ain't going to look too good right from the get go. But I'll be damned if we watched that match and he made it a decent match with Scott, and he did it, not Scott. <laughs> he made that match. So I mean, Sean, Sean was pretty good right from the get go, as, as far as you know, everybody could tell. And uh, it was a TV tape in Kansas City. One of it was a uh, tag match for the guys that didn't show up, and they came. They came to me and said, "Hey, we're gonna grab somebody. Um, we'll, we'll throw you in a tag to, to fill in." And then they went over to Sean and said, "Hey, would you tag with Marty?" And we've been riding together, so like, yeah, we got no problem. Yeah, that'd be fun. Ooh, that was the first time we had any, you know, interaction with each other as a tag. And as I was on the apron and ring watching him in. I'm sitting thinking, like, okay, he should do this or he should do that or, you know, set up for this. As I was thinking that he was doing it. And, you know, then he'd come tag me in. And later on, I found out he was doing the same thing on the outside. He was thinking, like, Marty should take the guy over there and do this. And if he does that, he'll set up. He goes, and then you would do it. So it was like we were on the same page with that. And when that match was over, I mean, uh, the promoter, uh, Bob Geigel, you know, Harley Race, they came over and like, hugged us and thanked us because they were afraid. They didn't want a bad TV match, and they were afraid throwing you know, us two together might not come out too good, and they needed a good one there. And so they were all happy about it. And uh, Sean and I walked off, and we both looked at each other. He goes, did you feel something Something clicked out there? And Sean was like, yeah, there, there was something different about that. And, um, you know, that was the first time we ever tagged. Then we didn't tag again for another year. We, you know, we, in fact, he quit and went back to Texas after a while for whatever reason. Uh, but, you know, we got together in AWA days, and they put us together as the Midnight Rockers. And, I mean, again, it was just, it was like a magical thing. I think what it is is the ability to become one with your partner, uh, is, which is something you can't teach in a wrestling school. It's just, and, and it's one of those things that either happens or it doesn't. I don't know if God blesses you. Or you know, it's, it's a natural thing, or, or two two people that were born to do that, and they get together, so they do it great together. But it was it was uh, it was always magic in the ring. Uh, we, we thought the same, you know. And, and as I said, the only way to explain that is it, 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 we became one. Another was two of us, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And you know, as we got to wrap it up here, and we're uh, up against the clock, the one thing that I love that Gorilla Monsoon used to call you guys was the tag team specialist. And after hearing that story, it's such a fitting name. But we talked a lot about Shawn Michaels, and like I said, you know, I was always such a big Marty Jannetty fan, still am to this day. But when you wrap it up, and you know, you're going on your last tour here, you know, what's Marty Jannetty's professional wrestling legacy? Not just as a tag team specialist, but by himself, what is Marty Jannetty's mark that's getting left on professional wrestling? Well, I, I like, uh, the, you know, they, they always say now you're the Marty Jannetty of the team. And and even, you know, that's that's another thing. You got the barbershop window, which is considered one of the top you know, two. And by the way, uh, you know, God blessings out to the family, the Snooker family. Jimmy Snooker was very close with me. And, um, you know, his passing recently was, was, you know, very saddening to quite a lot of people. Uh, but just saying, it, he was always a mentor to me, and it, it, meant, it meant the world to me, any kind of thing that I was ever compared with him. You know, he was such an easy, outgoing person and loved everybody. And, you know, for the most part, that's the way people see me and perceive me. Um, you know, so to be like my mentor, uh, who I thought the world of, is is nice. And then with the uh, barbershop window, actually, there's they rated him the number two 
storyline of all time, or, or whatever you will call it. And Jimmy Snooker's being number one with a coconut with Roddy Piper. So being coupled, you know, one and two with my, my favorite person in the world and mentor, you know, meant the world to me. Um, you know, shit, I'm trying not to get emotional here now. Uh, what was the question? What's the legacy? Okay, but that's yeah, a great thing that. right there. You mentioned, I'm sorry to cut you off, but to say, you know, the Marty Jannetty of the team, that's almost right. like a legacy in its own right, but it's not a bad thing because, to me, the Marty Jannetty of the team is the guy who did the work, the guy who really was, I always thought you were the guy who led the match, but please, you give us your legacy and what that means to you. Okay, and before it's over, I'd like to say one more time, like where people can follow me or whatever. Yeah, please and, do. And, and also the next movie I got coming out. But uh, real quickly, like on that, uh, the Marty Jannetty team. <clears throat> now the Rockers ain't been together since '91. What year is this? <laughs> They're still talking about them. <laughs> I mean, even John Cena, who's as popular as he, you know most popular guy there right now. Twenty what? Ninety one oh one. 20, 20 something years from now, do you think they're they're going to be talking about John Cena? <laughs> I mean, this is twenty seventeen, so twenty forty seven. <laughs> they can hear twenty forty seven. They're going to be talking about John Cena, or I'm sorry, thirty seven. My fucking math. Excuse my language. My math. Twenty twenty thirty seven. They're going to be talking about John Cena. <laughs> I, I, and they may, but I kind of doubt it. So I mean. That legacy and, and that, you know, the Marty Jannetty team, people, you know, a lot of times say, does that bother you? Like, why would it bother me? Besides the fact I'm getting royalties every time they say it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's keeping me alive <laughs> as far as, you know, being in the business. And um, and here's the thing where they don't seem to the, – the Marty Jannetty team is supposed to be like the weak link. But now let me tell you what the Marty Jannetty team really is. Look at this. The Rockers. Who to tag with? Shawn Michaels. Now nobody knew Shawn before he got together with me in, in, mid, in it was the Midnight Rockers in uh, AWA days. Um, you know, and I was already established, already climbing the, very, I was already at the top of the mountain there at, uh, at Central States where I was at. And it was very quickly in a month's time already rising to the top of AWA, which now is you know on ESPN TV and, and, and a national exposure. And you know, Shawn joined in, and then. Okay, well, Sean went on to be who we know is the heartbreak kid, you know, one of the best, if not the best uh, performer of all time. And, um, you know, shortly after that, I tagged with Sean Waltman, one, two, three kid, and we actually won the title together. But uh, where did Sean Waltman go? He ended up being X-Pac, who, you know, part of DX, who now is, you know, very, very, very well known. But when he came to me, wasn't really well known. I mean, you know, one, two, three kid before we tagged up. And, um, you know, then there was Bob Holly was my next partner. Nobody knew him at all. In fact, when he first came in, they called him Sparky T-Plug, you know, because he was a race car thing. And, and I was even saying, man, you got to change that name. We, I, I suggested to one of the agents, like, come on, man. <laughs> they ain't never going to take a serious with that name. So they, they come up with Bob Holly and – Bob Holly was was not even known. They just knew he, he was a race car driver, and he became famous as Hardcore Holly. And then, lastly, was Al Snow. When Al Snow first came to me, and when he did the New Rockers, he was known in the independent world. I mean, he he was like the king of the independence. Al was great. It was great when he got there, but nobody knew Al Snow as far as it, it was actually Leaf Cassidy, or he came as Leaf Cassidy and. You know, as as after time together and, uh, you know, many trips in the road and talking business with each other, which, you know, that's something to go back and say real quick. Well, all these guys, we, we travel together, so we talk over things together, so you learn from each other. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, all the, and then Al Snow, of course, went on, you know, as, as a, as you know, big as you can make it. You know, Al Snow, which was a hardcore king also, and with head and, you know he's he's still doing great, but so uh, all these guys were not known when they came to me. After they left me, they were you know went off to be famous. So 
it's not that it was a weak link of the team. It's like the teacher of the world. <laughs> and as Billy Gunn used to say, I want to tag with you so bad. <laughs> they, should call you, they, they, they should call you Springboard Genetti. Everybody you tag with shoots to the top. <laughs> so let that be the legacy there. <laughs> and it's pretty much true. These are All these guys, Sean Waltman, our ex-pop, Sean Michaels, Bob Hawley, Al Snow, they're all students of mine. <laughs> That's great. That's the, that is, that's the legacy. Let it, them take it. <laughs> it's great and it's true, but Marty, before we go, just please share again with the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip where they can find everything in the world of the man, the rocker, the Marty Gennetti of the Two Man Power Trip. Marty Gennetti, tell them where they can find anything going on with you right now. Man, if you want to find out the craziness that's going on in this life, <laughs> for now, you can check it at Facebook. Uh, it's at slash one Marty Gennetti. Twitter's at one Marty Gennetti. Um, LinkedIn is, I think, just Marty Gennetti, but, but I don't know. But not too many people go to that anyway, I guess. Uh, and also, uh, now coming up, you'll be able to go to, it's called uh, ProPlayersSportsMarketing.Weebly.com. And that'll be a, a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, right now, I think they got Hogan also with them. They got they got NFL uh, the Major League Baseball, Hockey League uh, pros, they got boxers, pro boxers. They got a, they got a whole bunch of uh, people signed with them now. And with wrestling-wise, I know Beefcake's there, Hogan's there, Amber Nightheart's there. I'm now there. But uh, you'll be able to keep up, and they're going to be doing a lot. I think they just signed a deal with Tops uh, for, like, uh, sports cars, you know, the sports trading cards. Um, and, and together, I don't know if they merge or what's going on, but it, it's going to be huge. So you can find out stuff there. Uh, my upcoming movies the, it's called The Immortal Wars 2. In uh, it, it also is Eric Roberts, Tom Sizemore, Bill Olbers Jr. Um, they're, they're, but for the most part, it's so hard to to you know, hit all these sites for me. Maybe maybe it's not wise of me. Facebook seems to be my main one. So one Marty Gennetti. Uh, or slash how how we do it one Marty Gennetti is that on Facebook? Uh, if you hear stuff about the Wolf, uh, he's a character on there that just don't take no shit. He's sort of Donald Trumpish of cat. It's my cat. <laughs> so just uh, know that so if, so you don't say what the hell is he talking about? The Wolf is ruling the pimp world. <laughs> that's that's all that is. <laughs> but he does run. He, he does run the feline. He is a pimp. But with oh, that, bro, that's about it. All right. Well, Marty, this has been awesome. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we will be in touch because uh, we got a lot of stuff going on and there's nobody who we'd rather work with than Marty Gennetti. So thank you so much for uh, for taking the time today. Hey, brother, I appreciate you all having me. And uh, it was very enjoyable. And, you know, some other time in the future, let's do it again. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.